Today we turn to Second Chronicles chapter 26, breaking the chains of pride. If you've never struggled with pride, you can leave. I don't see anybody leaving. I think it's something we all face. Second Chronicles 26, I'm going to read, start reading at verse 16. The first part of the chapter describes some of the many accomplishments of King Uzziah. And what happened to him later in his life? Verse 16 says, But when he became strong, his heart was so proud that he acted corruptly, and he was unfaithful to the Lord his God, for, the, for he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Then Azariah the priest entered after him, and with him eighty priests of the Lord, valiant men. They opposed Uzziah the king and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful and will not find honor from the Lord. But Uzziah, with a censer in his hand for burning incense, was enraged. And while he was enraged with the priest, the leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord, beside the altar of incense. Azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked at him. And behold, he was leprous on his forehead, and they hurried him out of there. And he himself also hastened to get out, because the Lord had smitten him. King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death, and he lived in a separate house, being a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. And Jotham his son was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah, first to last, the prophet Isaiah the son of Amos has written, so Uzziah slept with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the field of the grave which belonged to the kings. For they said, He is a leper. And Jotham his son became king in his place. Father, these are words that you have given. The words by the inspiration of your spirit to teach us. And Father, we pray that you would guide us into your truth. Your word indeed is everlasting truth. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There was an officer who had just been promoted to the rank of colonel. And he was sitting at his desk just admiring his new uniform. And a private walked in through the open door of his new office, and he saluted him, and he was just about to speak when the colonel said, Just a minute, please, soldier. I have to make an important phone call. So he had dialed a number on the phone, and he said, Hello, General Cool. I'm returning your call. You'd like to have me meet with you and three other generals today at 1400 hours? Yes, I can be there. Putting down the phone with a kind of a smug expression on his face, he turned to the soldier. He said, now, private, what can I do for you? And he said, I've been sent, sir, to hook up your telephone. (laughs) 
We have all been born with a sinful nature. And because we've been born with a sinful nature, every one of us, in one way or another, is prone to be proud. So when we do something good, we we, we tend to think quite highly of ourselves. And this is what we see in the life of a man by the name of King Uzziah. Here's a man that had a list of accomplishments that was very long. And as he came to a point later in his life, you can see that it kind of went to his head. And so God had to humble him because he refused to humble himself. The scripture that was read this morning was the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And there you see quite a contrast between those two. The tax collector was humble before God, wouldn't even lift his head to heaven. God be merciful to me, literally the sinner. And then you have the Pharisee who said, you know, I'm I'm so glad that I'm not like other men. I don't do this and I don't do that and I give tithes and so forth. And Jesus said there was one man that went home justified. And that was the man who acknowledged his need, who humbled himself before God. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So how do we deal with pride in our life? And we look at the life of Uzziah, we see some lessons here. First of all, we break the chains of pride when we recognize what pride has done to others. As Uzziah began to reign as king of Judah, he should have understood the danger of pride Because he had seen what pride did to his father. His father was a king by the name of Amaziah before him, and he fell because of pride. Look back to chapter 25, verse 17. Then Amaziah, king of Judah, took counsel and sent to Joash, the son of Jehoahaz, the son of Jehu, the king of Israel, saying, Come, let us face each other basically challenging him to battle. Joash, the king of Israel, sent to Amaziah, king of Judah, saying, and he told him kind of a little parable of what was going to happen. He said, The thorn thorn bush which was in Lebanon sent to the cedar which was in Lebanon, saying, Give your daughter to my son in marriage. But there passed by a wild beast that was in Lebanon and trampled the thorn bush. And what he's basically saying is, you are a thorn bush, I am a cedar. And if you challenge me, you are going to be defeated. And he goes on to explain it then in verse 19. He said, you said, behold, you have defeated Edom, and your heart has become proud in boasting. Now stay at home. For why should you provoke trouble so that you, even you, would fall and Judah with you? So here's this father of Uzziah coming against the king of Israel saying, come on, let's battle. The king of Israel says, don't go there. (laughs) Stay at home because you will be defeated. And that's exactly what happened. If you read on in that chapter, Amaziah was defeated by the king of Israel. Uzziah, his son, had witnessed that. He saw the downfall of his father because he was exalted with pride, 
should have learned a lesson by that, seeing what pride does to others, but he didn't. And so God had to deal with his pride. Reminds me of another man who saw what pride did to his father. Remember in Daniel, the handwriting on the wall, you have King Belshazzar. And Daniel came to Belshazzar and he said, you know what your dad did? He exalted himself. He said, this is my great palace. This is my kingdom, which I have built up. And you remember what God did to King Nebuchadnezzar, sent him out into the wilderness and he was eating grass like cattle. He had claws like a bird. And Daniel said to Belshazzar, you knew all about this. You saw what God did to humble him, and you didn't humble yourself. And that very night, God dealt with his pride. So God dealt with the pride of Amaziah. He dealt with the pride of Uzziah. He dealt with the pride of Nebuchadnezzar. He dealt with the pride of Belshazzar. Are we foolish enough to think that God won't deal with our pride? We need to recognize what pride has done to others. Secondly, we break the chains of pride when we remember that any success we have comes from God. If you read in this text of ours in chapter 26, you have a long list of accomplishments by King Uzziah. Uh, Some of the battles that he won, uh, verse 8 says that his fame extended to the border of Egypt, for he became very strong, and it lists the size of his army and so forth. Uh, Verse 13 says, under the direction of his leaders, he had an army of 307,500 soldiers. Can you imagine that? 307,500 soldiers, and he waged war, and and his fame, verse 15 says, it spread afar. So here was a guy that had experienced all kinds of success. And that success caused a root of pride to develop in his heart. And verse 16 of our text says something interesting, but when he became strong, his heart was proud. And really, if you look at verse 5, he owed all of his success, not to himself and his own greatness, but he owed all of his success to God. He started out so well. Look at verse 5. It says, he continued to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding through the vision of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God prospered him. As long as he sought the Lord, God prospered him. But then he came to the point where he became so strong and so well-known and so mighty, and he started thinking, you know what? I'm a pretty cool guy. I'm a pretty powerful king. And that led to his downfall. Not remembering that any success that he had came from God. Many years ago when Hudson Taylor was involved in ministry, someone came up to his wife and and asked her, does does your husband ever struggle with, with pride? 
Does he ever start to think, you know, he's someone mighty after all the things that he has done? And she said, well, I'm going to go and ask him. (laughs) She evidently didn't see any evidence of that, but she wanted to know. And so she asked him, she said, "Uh, honey, well, maybe she said honey, whatever she called him, sweetheart or something like that. She said, are you ever tempted to be proud? And Hudson Taylor said, proud of what? And she said, well, about all the things that you have done. And his response was to say, I never knew I had done anything. And he went on to explain that it was, not, it was not he who was doing all these things, but it was God who was working in him and through him. As if to say, it's, it's not me. It's the Lord that is working in my life. Any success we have comes from God. And when we get praise for anything, what we ought to do is to reflect that praise to Jesus. It is He who deserves the glory. It is He who deserves the praise. Remember that any success we have comes from God. And then thirdly, we break the chains of pride when we receive the rebuke of godly people. You know, pride took such a deep root in Uzziah's life that he came to the point where he thought he could do just about anything he wanted to do. Nothing was off limits to such a great man like he. And so he went into the temple and he attempted to do something that was only allowed to be done by the priest. That was to burn incense on the altar. Verse 16, but when he became strong, his heart was so proud that he acted corruptly. And he was unfaithful to the Lord his God, for he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Now it's interesting to notice what happened in verse 17 and 18. There were these priests that came to the king, this powerful, famous king, and they confronted him. Verse 17, then Azariah the priest entered after him. And with him, 80 priests of the Lord, valiant men. And verse 18 says, they opposed Uzziah. And they told him, you cannot do this. You have not been called to do this. You are acting in a way that is unfaithful to God. And God will not honor you if you act in a way that is unfaithful to him. Well, that took courage, didn't it? It took courage for these priests to come and confront this king, but they were willing to to stand up for the truth. And notice the response of Uzziah. Verse 19 says, But Uzziah, with a censer in his hand for burning incense, was enraged. And while he was enraged with the priests, the leprosy broke out in his forehead before the priests. So here he was told, Uzziah, do not do this. Do not be disobedient to God. You have not been called to do this. Do not do this. God cannot honor you with that. And he says, I can listen to that. He got angry. As if to say to these priests, who are you to tell me what I can't do? Do you know who I am? I am the king. My word matters. I I can do what I want to do. And so he was unwilling to accept correction. And that's probably one of the chief signs of pride, isn't it? 
we don't want to be told what to do. We don't want to be corrected. We don't want someone telling us, you know what? Shouldn't do that. Pride says, huh, you can tell me that? I ain't going to hear that. I don't have to listen to that. You're going to tell me what to do. I can live the way that, that I want to live. And then that's, that's the spirit of our culture today, isn't it? And if you tell me what I ought to do, you are bigoted, you are intolerant. What is wrong with you? And that was the attitude of this king. Instead of thanking the priests, he should have thanked them, shouldn't he have? He should have thanked them for, for warning him, sparing him from judgment. But instead, he got angry. There's a great contrast to that with another king. Remember King David? There was a man by the name of Nabal. Remember Nabal? He had a wife by the name of Abigail. And he wanted to get some supplies for his men who were out in the wilderness. So they had treated Nabal's uh, men very well. And so these guys came and asked for some food and some supplies. And, and Nabal says, David? Who is this David? I don't know him. There's all kinds of people running around looking for a handout. I ain't going to give anything to him. And so the men come back to David and David is upset. And so he gathers his men in 1 Samuel 25 and he goes out and he's going to wipe them out. <laughs> he is just going to deal with them very firmly, angry that, that they would not take care of men who had treated his men uh, fine. And Abigail gets word of this. And so she comes out and she brings an offering to them, brings some food for them. And she basically says, I did not know what my husband has done. And, and so offers them some food. And then she very wisely and very kindly and very respectfully rebuked David. She told him, you know, this, this is not the way that you, that you ought to act. You don't want to look back and regret what you've done. And you know what David did? He didn't say, well, who are you to tell me? A woman telling me what I've done wrong? Are you kidding me? He praised God. He said, blessed be the Lord. Blessed be God who has sent you to me this day. You have spared me from acting in a way that was inconsistent with what God would want me to do. Thankful for being corrected. <laughs> it takes a humble heart to do that, doesn't it? Instead of putting up a wall and saying, who are you to tell me to say thank you? You cared enough to confront me. You loved me enough to spare me from what would have been trouble. And that's what Uzziah should have done. He should have thanked the priest for, for what they had done to confront him, but he was enraged. He was not going to listen to what they had to say. We break the chains of, of pride when we're willing to rebuke, be rebuked, willing to be corrected by godly people. And finally... We break the chains of pride when we realize that God will humble the proud. When Uzziah deliberately disobeyed God, in spite of the warning of the priests, it's obvious that he really didn't consider what God might do with him. 
Had he pondered what the result of pride might be, he may have humbled himself before God, but he didn't. And as a result, God dealt with him quickly and firmly, didn't he? Because of his pride, Uzziah lost his health. He was struck with leprosy and he remained a leper until the day that he died. Because of his pride, he lost his access to the temple. He could not enter the temple anymore because he was leprous. He lost his throne. He lost his honor. Do you notice how the people remembered Uzziah? In verse 23, they remembered him not as the one who had great power and success. He reigned for 52 years, King Uzziah. And yet they remembered him as the one who had leprosy. Isn't that interesting? After all those years, he had sought God for many years, but then pride came into his life. He was struck with leprosy until the day that he died. And they forgot about all the things he had done. They just remembered uh, he, he was the leper. Verse 23 says, So Uzziah slept with his fathers. And they buried him with his fathers in the field of the grave which belonged to the kings. For they said, He is a leper. Kind of wonder if they wrote it on his tombstone. That was the way that they remembered this king. Isaiah teaches us that it's often easier to handle failure than success. Here was a man who was very successful, blessed in very many, many ways. But as someone said, success has made a failure out of me. Where you start to think, because of all the accomplishments, that you're pretty mighty. Pretty good. Instead of recognizing that it all comes from God. There was a young boy who was given an award for an outstanding achievement. And he took the praise quite seriously. And when he got home, he repeated to his mother all that they had said about him. Then he paused and he said, Mom... How many great men do you suppose there are in the world today? (laughs) And uh, her wise reply was, "Um, probably one less than you think, my son. (laughs) Uh, One less than you think. Much better to be humble than proud, isn't it? When we humble ourselves before God... We can avoid the pain of having to be humbled by Him. Because God opposes the proud. And when we're humble before God, we can serve others in a way that brings glory to Him. I think of Philippians chapter 2, where Paul challenges the church there to live in humility. And notice how he connects it with the cross. I appreciated what you song you chose there, Gideon, about the cross. Because as Paul describes what ought to be true of believers, he, 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 he nails it to the cross. Listen to this, Philippians 2. Verse 3 says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, 
But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look on your, for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearances of men, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So what is Paul saying? As Jesus humbled himself, as he was willing to die for us, we have that same attitude because we have Christ living in us and we then humble ourselves. But he doesn't end there. He says, so then, verse 12, my beloved, just as you've always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So when it comes to humility, Jesus is the pattern, right? As he humbled himself, we are to humble ourselves. But God is the power. He is the one that works in us that which is pleasing in his sight. So it takes us back to Jesus, isn't it? His death broke the chains of sin. He dwells within us by His Spirit. He works within us to help us deal with that sinful nature that wants to raise its ugly head of pride. To bring us to our knees, shouldn't it? Lord Jesus, help me. Take away my pride. Help me to realize, Lord, that it is You and You alone that deserves the praise. Any success in my life, Lord, comes from you. So, Lord, do that work in me that I might humble myself before you. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Let's pray. Oh, God, it's so easy to see pride in our lives. And I pray that you would break those chains. Thank you that at the cross... You took our sin. You paid the price for that pride that is so evident in our lives. And not only did you take that sin away, but you also broke the power of sin in our lives. That we don't need to live that way anymore. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Oh God, do that work in our lives today. Root out that pride. Give us a humble heart that would serve others for the glory and the praise of your name. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.